Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. You have your Bibles and you want to follow along with your smartphones and tablets. We're looking at Exodus 19. Louise read the first part of it, and we're going to continue on in the chapter. Uh, for those of you who are online, I just realized that my microphone was in my pocket. And so, uh, welcome! Uh, you know, <laughs> so, for uh, the rest of you, uh, uh, you probably heard me. I have one of those voices that carry. Um, we're on our second to last uh, sermon on the series, When God. Last week, we, we took a look at When God Provides. Today, we're going to talk about When God Shows Up. Let me tell you what I mean by that. God is everywhere present. Wherever you go this week, God has been there beforehand. You're not going to get there ahead of God. God is already there. But Jesus, who is fully God as well as being fully human, comes along and says, well, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So while God is everywhere present, there's a a sense when we gather in his name that he is present in a different way. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. God's presence is there in a different way when the people of God are worshiping. It would not be proper to say, well, God is more here and less there. Um, God is everywhere present. But what we can talk about is what we call the manifest presence of God. While God is everywhere present, there are sometimes when, when God chooses to show himself in, in ways that we can see or feel or sense, there are times when you can just sense the presence of God. So today when I talk about God showing up, I, I'm t- describing the times when, when he is present where you can sense him, or when you hear from him, or when you feel his presence, the manifest presence of God. Well, there's your theology lesson for today, but practically there, there are some times when I come to church, and, well, God is just so present. You can sense him, you can feel him in our midst. There's other times when I come to church, and, well, we sing the songs, and preach the sermons, and praise the prayer, pray the prayer, and God, and we've done church. I haven't sensed that God's presence. That doesn't mean that God hasn't been there, it's just he didn't show up in a way that we could sense or feel. I know that some of you know what I'm talking about, and others of you are saying, huh, what is he talking about? Um, and uh, what does God feel like? And I've never been really successful in describing God's presence, but, but let me attempt it anyways. I know quite often when we have people walk into church for the first time, some of them will start crying. Why? Because there's just something about the presence of God that they're, they feel like they're home. Um, there are some sometimes where others say, you know, I, I sense the, the presence of God. It's, it's, it feels like the pastor is, has read my journal last week and is preaching right to me. Um, yeah, that's, that's God. 
There are times when you just know that you're in the presence of God. Sometimes there's a holy hush that comes upon a place. Sometimes you, you get goosebumps, but it's a, a different kind of goosebumps that if you go to a concert, you know, you can work up emotions and, you know, you can manipulate emotions and there can be goosebumps there. But this is kind of a different quality of, of, of thing. There's sometimes where the, the presence of God is just really thick and you just know you're there. Sometimes you just sense God speaking to you. I, I used to think that if we were the kind of church where God made himself visible in some way every Sunday, if God shows up the, in the way that we could feel, then, then we'd have a full church. Since I uh, learned that God shows up and some people find it beautiful, and other people find it scary. Some people are attracted to the presence of God. Other people are repelled by the presence of God. And that's what you'll see in today's passage. Exodus chapter 19, verse 9. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a thick cloud, Moses, uh, so that the people themselves can hear me when I speak to you then they will always trust you. So why is, why is God doing that? Right there. Moses told the Lord well, uh, what the people had said. Then uh, the Lord told Moses, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. Be sure that they're ready on the third day, for on that day the Lord will come down on the Mount Sinai and as all the people watch, mark off the boundaries uh, all around the mountain. Warn the people, be careful, do not go up in the mountain or even touch its boundaries. Anyone who touches the mountain will certainly be put to death. No hand may touch the, the person or animal that crosses the boundary. Instead, stone them or shoot them with arrows. They must be put to death. However, when the ram's horn sounds as a long blast, then the people may go up on, their mount, on the mountain. So Moses went down to the people, he consecrated them for worship, and they washed their clothes. God always has a purpose when he shows up. Moses was used to the presence of God. He was used to speaking to God. He was used to going up onto the mountain and conversing with God. The people, well, they had a sense that God was close. After all, they were being led by a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. They heard that God had talked to Moses, and Moses relayed what he said to the people, but uh, God wanted the people to experience him, himself, and they want, he wanted them to know that he'd been speaking to Moses so that they would trust what Moses had to say. So when Moses comes down out of the mountain with the Ten Commandments, they would trust what he has to say. That's the next chapter in, in Exodus. So the people of God had the sense that he was around, but God has this purpose of showing up. You know, God hasn't changed. God has a purpose in showing up. Um, I've noticed that God often shows up when people pray. I suspect his purpose is to show that he responds to the prayers of people. You notice that God often shows up when people worship. He inhabits the praises of his people. He wants them to know that, yeah, worship is good. I've noticed most of the time 
that when God shows up, he, he affirms something. Often his love, he affirms their faith. It inspires a sense of awe in who he is. Sometimes he shows up just to show his pleasure. Sometimes when God shows up, it is to convict people of what they were doing wrong. But even that is a mercy because he, he wants people to experience life, not death, and so he calls them onto a different pathway. But God always has a purpose in showing up. The purpose is not for our entertainment. The purpose is not to give us feelings for feelings' sake or experience for experience' sake. It, it, it's awesome and it feels good when God shows up, but God wants something to do something in us and for us. Sometimes the, the presence of God is scary. God told Moses, mark off the boundary around the mountain, and if an animal or a human touches the boundary, boundary, kill them. Now, as far as I know, no animal or human was executed, but God wanted to impress on them the seriousness of an encounter with God. If you have a trivialized view of God, if you want God to be warm and fuzzy, then this passage of Scripture is going to rub you the wrong way. Um, God wanted to know that meeting with him was serious business. He wanted to know that this wasn't just a casual encounter. He says to you, the people, I, I want you to consecrate yourself, wash your clothing, get prepared, consecrate yourself again, get ready for this encounter, and... Uh, Moses, get them ready to meet me. Now, we're pretty casual here at Asbury. I got my sandals on. Um, I figure I'd be like Jesus and walk around in sandals today. Um, you don't have to dress up in a suit or a tie or fancy clothes to come to church. We want you to come as you are. You don't have to wash your clothes or take a shower, although I would recommend both. Um, but that's about personal hygiene. It's not about worship. So why do we do what we do, and yet God asks his people to get prepared? Well, catch this. In the Old Testament, people were made holy by the things they did, washing their hands, all that kind of stuff. We are made holy because of what Jesus did for us. See the difference? They were made holy. Like if you were to go to a church service in the Old Testament, you would wash your hands before you went to church, um, right at the, the entrance of the, the temple. We're not made holy by what we do. In the New Testament, instead of washing our clothes, we consecrate our lives through the person and the work of Jesus. Now, there is a sense in which we should come prepared to meet with God. It's not our dress and it's not our washing rituals, but we can consecrate ourselves. That means to, to set ourselves apart for God's purposes. It's a wonderful thing on a Sunday morning to spend some time before you get to church just reflecting on who God is and our walk with God. Is there something you need to confess? 
you're something you need to give thanks for. We prepare to meet with God as a community by allowing God to apply the work of the cross to our lives. Well, when, we, when the work of the cross is applied to our lives, we can, as the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Before the mountain of God was roped off, now because of what Jesus has done, you are invited right into the throne room of God. If the Israelites touched the mountain, they would die. Yet you can walk right into the throne room of God and live. We come into the presence of God and we find help. This is the same awesome God who roared and thundered. That same God invites us to call him Abba Father. Invites you to call him Dad. We're invited into the throne room because of what Jesus has done. He has made us holy. He has given us his righteousness. We have right standing before God. But many of us, many of us have become accustomed to the gospel and have taken it for granted that we can come before God. We do it like it's no big deal, but it really is a big deal. The people in our passage couldn't touch the mountain. The presence of God couldn't be taken for granted. Now, this does not mean that, that we have some have to be somber in God's presence. Turn with me to Exodus 24. God has made a covenant with his people. This is what verse 9 says. Then Moses, Aaron, uh, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 elders of Israel climbed up on the mountain. There they saw the God of Israel. Under his feet were there seemed like to be a surface of brilliant blue lapsus lasso and clear as, as the sky itself. And, through the, and though these nobles of, of Israel gazed upon God, he did not destroy them. In fact, they ate a covenant meal, eating and drinking in his presence. These people made a covenant with God. And then what did they do in the presence of God? They had a party. They were eating and drinking in his presence. There was joy. Being in the presence of God does not mean that it always must be serious, but it never should be trite. I think this is a good correction for our modern-day North American Christianity. I don't want to go back to a place where you know, the really spiritual people were the ones who were dour and never smiled. I knew people like that. I don't want to go there. Um, I don't want to go back to the place where you could never laugh in church um, or celebrate in church. I think that is a perversion of who God has called us to be because God is, a joy, is full of joy and we are called to be joyful as well. But I do think one of the big dangers of our time is that we've trivialized God. We want God to be at our beck and call, but we're not at his. 
We want God to kind of be like a, a fuzzy, playful kitten rather than the roaring lion of Judah. We want God to be the man upstairs or the grandfather figure. Uh, we're not sure we want him robed in majesty and the Lord of the universe. We want a tame God, not a wild God. We want a God who's, who's good, but we're not sure we want him thundering and great. At least, that's who we think we want until you encounter problems that are too big for you. When I'm praying about problems of life and the problems of this world, I don't want a trivial God. I need a God who is substantial. I need a God who is greater than the problems, that's stronger than the enemy, that is mightier than the opposition. I need a God who is both great and good. I need God that is more substantial than the man upstairs or the friendly uncle figure. I need a God who is strong and wise, and that is who God is. But in the person of Jesus Christ, God has made a way for us to come close to this God, to walk right into his throne room, and to talk to him as one would with a friend. He has brought us into a personal relationship with the God of the universe. Jesus did not somehow tame God. He just made a way that we could walk in relationship with God. He actually made a way that we could be friends with God. The fact that you can be a friend of God, well, that speaks to the power of the cross. Think of the God on the mountain. And you can be a friend of this great and awesome God. The fact that you can walk in relationship with God does not somehow lower who God is. It just shows how much you have been raised in Christ and seated in the heavenly realms. But if you miss the power and the work of the cross... And take for granted the privilege of walking in relationship with God, of the God of the universe. Then you will trivialize who God is. You won't get what an honor it is to walk in relationship with him. See, the God who thundered on the mountain is the God who invites you to call him father. He invites you to call him friend. This is not a trivial matter. It's an awesome privilege. It's your privilege calls you daughter, calls you son, he calls you friend. Exodus 19, verse 16. So on the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from the ram's horde and all the people trembled. Moses led them out from the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln. And the whole mountain shook violently. And the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder. Moses spoke and God thundered his reply. The Lord came down on top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses climbed the mountain. 
the mountain quaked and the fire fell and God's presence was there. The ram's horn blasted. They went out to meet with God and God showed up. God thundered. God spoke. God, as I said before, always has a purpose in showing up. And he has a purpose showing up this way. He needs them to know that he is great. He needs them to know that he's talked to to Moses and he continues to speak to Moses. He was revealing something of himself to his people. But here's what I want you to know about God. God does not always show up the same way. Let me tell you about Elijah as he met with God. 1 Kings 19, verse 11. It says, Go out and stand before me on the mountains, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. And it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After that, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. With Moses, God was in the fire. With Elijah, God was in the still, small voice. God does not always show up the same way. God's presence may not come to you in thunder and lightning, as it did in the people of Israel. It may not come to you with mountain trembling, but God has a way of showing up. Sometimes it's a gentle whisper. Here's what I want you to know. Just because God showed up in one way in the past does not mean that he will show up in the same way in the future. And that's really helpful for us to understand. It's really important for the church to understand. See, many many churches and many denominations, including ours, were started by a movement of God. God showed up in some amazing ways. But if you study church history, you'll find that often these movements have a, a way of of seeing the power of God happen, but those movements, they they turn into this organizational machine. And that carries on the the organization for a while, and these organizational machines have a way of turning into a a monument, a monument to what God has done in the past. And uh, often those churches have spent a lot of time trying to recapture what God did in the past. But just because God showed up one way in the past does not mean that he will show up the same way in the future. God is a God of new things. He says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. That's really important for you to understand personally as well. How God showed up to you 10 years ago may not be how he wants to show up to you now. Your job is not to recapture the past, but to see what God is doing in your presence. 
present and get on board with that. What that means is, well, your devotions may take on a different shape than they did, than they used to. How you relate to God may take on a different shape than you used to. The point is not the means you use to connect with God. The point is that you connect with God and God shows up. Remember how God showed up in thunder and lightning and fire to the Israelites on the mountain? Think about the early church, Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a rushing roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then will look to be flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. God shows up. There's a little bit of similarity between the mountain, but he shows up in a different way. Our job is not to somehow replicate the upper room, but our, God is to, our job is to be ready when God shows up. In our passage in Exodus 19, the people consecrated themselves and prepared themselves and washed their clothes. We no longer consecrate ourselves by ceremonial washing, but we do so by communicating our hearts and our lives. What that means is that when we come before God, we say, God, my life is yours. I'm yours. I surrender to you. I'm going to watch. I'm going to walk with you. To consecrate ourselves means to, to count ourselves, um, say, Lord, I'm available for your purposes. See, God is everywhere present. But I'm convinced that he wants to show up much more than he does in ways that we can see and hear and sense and understand. I believe he wants to speak to us much more than we hear from him. I think that he is seeking a people who seeks him. If you want God to show up, I know that many are frightened by the presence of God. But child of God, that's not who you are. Ephesians chapter 3. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can come boldly and confidently into God's presence. That is who you are. You can come boldly and confidence into the presence of a God who is great and mighty and strong. So, do you want God to show up? James says, come near to God. He'll come near to you. Pretty simple. What we need is the presence of God in our life. Move towards him, and he'll move towards you. Let's pray. Thanks, Lord. Forgive us when we trivialized you. Forgive us when we've forgotten how much of a privilege it is to walk in relationship with you. Forgive us when we lose our awe of you. But Lord, we would affirm right now, we need you. We really do need you. And so, Lord, we would invite you to come. I'm praying this week that as your people pray, as they spend time with you, that you would show up.
that you would cause verses to pop off the pages of Scripture and that they would know it's for them. That they would hear your still, small voice. That they would have an understanding that they are walking in your presence. I pray, Lord, that as we meet Sunday after Sunday, that you would show up. Give us a sense that what you want to do in our midst. Lord, thank you for who you are. Help us to be diligent to draw near to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.